But would you agree with me that um, virtues are important? Do you know what a virtue is? Um, a virtue is uh, something that, that is, is a moral equivalent, something that, that lifts up a person morally, that um, establishes them as a person of high credibility. And, and, um, and, and a virtue in a person is, is very desirable. In fact, as we, as we look at it, I, I hope to think that, um, that we can go into our schools and that we can go into our homes and in our communities and in some way that, that people would look at us and they would say, well, that's a virtuous person. That's a, that's a person who has um, a great moral value, a person who's morally good, who's, who's a desired person of what society means. The writer of Proverbs writes, um, way back in the, the last cha- chapter of 31, begins to write about the attributes of an honorable or noble woman. And the writer says that a virtuous woman is, is hard to find, and, and, and also a virtuous woman is worth more than any amount of wealth. Um, now, whether, whether it's a male or female, I think that it, it's not really gender-oriented, but, but, but any virtuous person... Um, is, is worth more than anything we could ever value. Amen to that? And that's the kind of person that I think God wants us to grow to be. So today we're gonna talk about the virtue of honor. Honor is our virtue for the day. It's the first what I call forgotten virtue. Why is it forgotten virtue? I'm not sure that we um, place a lot of emphasis on virtues anymore. Maybe we do, uh, maybe we don't, but uh, maybe you will answer that question over the next couple of weeks as we look at some of these. But honor is a forgotten virtue. It's, it's a word or an act of sharing honor with someone else. And, and, and I don't know how many of us wake up every morning and say to ourselves, I'm going to honor people today. Anybody do that? I'm going to honor someone else today. It's just not on our radar, is it? And it's, it's that forgotten virtue that we don't really know how to honor people. Maybe the reason why we don't honor people is we're not sure what it means. Uh, we're really not sure what it means anymore, what the true definition of honor is, and maybe that's why it is a forgotten virtue. Now, Scripture says that, that we are to give honor where honor is due. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes about that. He talks about giving honor where honor is due. And, and Paul is writing to a church in Rome. And, and this church in Rome is a new church, but it's also one that has a lot of complex issues. And Paul is listening to them wrestle with these issues. They're wrestling with things like, uh, do we honor Rome anymore? Now, Paul, now that Jesus has been raised from the dead and we're going to be followers of Jesus, do we, do we honor Rome anymore? Now that we follow God, God, is, is God really the leader of our kingdom? Um, is the government even responsible for us anymore? Do we honor our government? What do we do with these things? <clears throat> and we know that Jesus, Jesus was also confronted with these kinds of questions, wasn't he? Jesus was confronted with these questions like, um, you know, Jesus, we're following you, but uh, what about the Caesar guy? You know, what about Caesar? Is Caesar really our king or I thought you were our king? And Jesus said, give me a coin. And they gave him a coin. And Jesus said, whose image is on that coin? And they said, well, it's Caesar's image. And Jesus said, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. So Paul writes in Romans that, that we're to give in everyone what we owe them, he says. He says, if you owe them taxes, then pay your taxes. If you owe them revenue, then, then pay them their revenue. If, if you owe them respect, then, then give them the respect they need. But listen to what he says. If it's honor, then we have to honor. We must honor what is there. 
In Mark 6, there's this really challenging story for Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus is um, uh, finishing, uh, he's, he's doing some amazing thing in his ministry. And Mark records that one of the things that Jesus likes to do is, is every now and then he likes to go back and, and see his hometown. And his hometown is Nazareth. It's not um, Bethlehem. That's, that's where he was born. He was, his hometown was Nazareth. And when he goes back to Nazareth, Jesus wants his, his friends, the disciples, to see everything that is there. And, and while he's there, he begins to teach in, to, in the synagogue. And he begins to share some amazing things about God's kingdom and things that are coming. And Mark notes that the people listening to Jesus, they're totally amazed. They're hearing all of these things that Jesus is saying. They're like, wow, this guy is amazing. Where did he get these things? How did he learn how to teach like this? <coughs> he even does miracles, they say. And here's the next part that is kind of what I call a sarcastic response that these people in Nazareth give Jesus. Here's a sarcasm. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the, the son of Mary and, and the brother of James and, and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And aren't these his sisters here with us? I mean, you know, so it's, 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 it's this one thing of, 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 wow, look what Jesus is doing. It's kind of like, wait a minute. This is like Mary and Joseph's kid. I mean, look what this. And, and, and I can relate a little bit to this, you know. I can relate when, when words started getting out about my call to ministry in my neighborhood that I grew up in, okay. Uh, I, was, it was, I was 30 years old, my call to ministry in, in, in this neighborhood I grew up in. And all of a sudden, my parents were telling me that people started saying, Bobby? Bo they used to call me Bobby, by the way. You know, Bobby, Bobby's going into ministry? You mean Bobby, the, the kid that would come around at our houses late at night on Halloween and cut holes in our screens and put the garden hose in and turn the water on? Bobby's going to... All right, it's a confession, okay? Bobby's going to be a preacher? You know, it's the same thing. And these are the same people that I grew up with. And, 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 and answering this call to ministry, and all of a sudden they're going like, huh? So all those people around 1807 Hollis Drive in Orlando, they, they, they were in doubt and in disbelief. And, and, and in some way, I know it's not the same, but in some way the crowd saw Jesus the same way. Not that Jesus did my pranks, but, but they saw Jesus the same way. How can he know all this? How can he have this profound godly wisdom? It's Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter. I was down the shop the other day and he can't even cut a square table. We're supposed to follow him? What are you talking about? And Jesus pulls the disciples close together and I can just hear the despair in his words. He says these words, only in his hometown among his own relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. Jesus is saying, everywhere else I go, I'm honored by the people. They see what I'm able to do. <clears throat> they know exactly what I'm doing in the name of God. And he's standing here in front of the disciples and he's saying to them, hey, let's go back to my hometown. Let me, let me show you my mom and dad. Let me show you the house I grew up in. My brothers and my sisters are there and, and I got some really cool neighbors and, and he takes them back there and he can't do a single miracle. And all of a sudden, the people in the town are going, Jesus, we know you, bro. You've got no cred here. You, you, can't, you can't stay. This, this, isn't, this isn't at all what you want. You see, the Greek, we got to understand the Greek that Paul is using here when we talk about the word honor. The Greek word for honor is to value something highly, to esteem it to respect it, to entreat that person or thing as precious, 
see that as, as weighty or valuable toward our lives. That's what Paul means when he says that we're to honor. We're to see things highly valued, esteemed, respected, and treat it that the person or thing is precious, weighty, or valuable. The, the opposite or the, the, the antithesis of honor is what word? Dishonor, dishonor. And, and that means to treat someone as common or ordinary. So here you have honor lifting up, and we see the definition of that, and dishonor is to treat someone as lackluster, as, as, as kind of um, ordinary, as, as common. And we wonder why Jesus couldn't do any miracles in his hometown. Because the people treated Jesus with dishonor. They treated him common. They treated him ordinary. They didn't honor him. Let me, let me give you a different example here. So if, if you want a common, ordinary marriage, if you want to live with your spouse in a common and ordinary way, if you want to dishonor them that way, according to our definitions, I can guarantee you that you will have a marriage that will never flourish. You just won't. If you want to be in a friendship with someone and you treat it as common and ordinary, I can guarantee you that that friendship will never flourish because of the way in which we see these things. Think about it. You know, think about those relationships when we're like, when, we, when we're dating somebody. You know, when we're dating somebody. Remember like, like uh, you know, we buy gifts for them in those early, early moments. You know, guys, we open up the car doors and they go in, right? And we even take baths before our dates, right? Wash our clothes. Ladies, you know, on those dates, maybe, maybe when you go out with your honey, you know, uh, maybe you, you buy a T-bone, but you always left half of it so that, the, so that your loved one could eat it for you, right? You know, that's what you do when you're dating and in those kinds of things, and, and uh, you're kind of Twitter-pated. You, you'd, you'd cross like flaming valleys, and you'd, you'd swim the oceans of the world to do anything for that, for that special person in your life. And then all of a sudden... Uh, in the early years of marriage, it's the same way. It's like bliss, isn't it? I mean, you're just like, who got pet names for each other, and you're all Twitter-pated, it's everything. And, and you know, it's kind of like what uh, Chandra Pierce says in her little routine. She said in those early years of marriage, is you sit at the table, and you're all googly-eyed at each other, and you say, pass the sugar, sugar. <laughs> pass the honey, honey. And she says, but then you get a couple of anniversaries under your belt, let's say 10 or so. You kind of get those under your belt, and it's no longer, pass the sugar, sugar, pass the honey, honey. It's more like, pass the bacon, pig. You know? <laughs> I mean, so, so you, you dishonor each other, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the way it is. And we let life get complicated, and we don't honor each other anymore. And yet, what she talks about is those things that we used to esteem, those things that we used to hold in high value, the way that we used to love one another, we've now made it ordinary and we've made it common. So instead of showing honor to one another, we take it for granted. And that's what happened to Jesus when he went home. They took him for granted because they just didn't honor him. So how do we honor others? How do we live a virtuous honor or virtuous life in regards of honor? It's a, it's a great question. But let me, go, let me clarify something. Sometimes we, we confuse honor and respect, and we say, well, honor and respect are the same things. They're actually not. Respect is something that is earned. We earn respect. Um, we work together. We're with, with each other. We earn respect. The longer we're together, we see you do the right things. Respect comes. You can lose respect in someone with one bad decision. But honor is something that you give. 
You give away honor. You don't earn it. You give it, you give it to somebody. You give them honor. So I need to make sure that we understand the same thing here. You know, the, the central part of this text is that it calls into question, who are we to honor? And uh, I believe that Paul's words in Romans 13 um, help us to understand what honor means. Paul says, honor those whom honor is given. Honor those to whom honor is given. And we need to understand what that means. In order to do that, the question is, who are we to honor? Um, are we to reclaim this forgotten virtue? And if so, there's a couple of things that Paul says that we need to honor. Here's, here's three. The, the first one he talks about is he says, honor the Lord. So the first thing we need to do is we need to honor the Lord. This should be a, a constant priority in all of our lives. God should be number one in our life. It shouldn't be our career. It shouldn't be our spouse. It shouldn't be our children or grandchildren. It shouldn't be our vocation. It shouldn't be our home or our life's possessions. God should be number one in our life. And, and honoring God means that we don't uh, like leave God here in this building when we leave for the day. Honoring God doesn't mean that when we're done with the uh, prayer at dinner time that we leave God and we're just you know, doing our own thing after that. Honoring the Lord is to be consistent and all that we are about, every value, every portion of who we are should be dedicated to honoring God. Now, do you remember the greatest complaint that non-believers have against believers? I taught about this a couple weeks ago, so here's the test. What's the one thing that non-believers oftentimes call Christians? Hypocrites. Good. Two people were actually listening that Sunday. Good. <laughs> Hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is someone who holds someone else to a higher standard. It's when we say to a non-believer, we're going to judge you with a higher standard because you're a non-believer, but we're going to let ourselves and we're going to excuse our behavior as a believer. We're going to make sure that, that we show you the differences between you and us, and we're going to do the same things that you do, but we're going to allow ourselves to do it just because, well, we, we want to. And that's, that's the biggest argument there. Jesus wrestled with this issue. He wrestled with this issue with the persons who were in charge of teaching the law. And he said to them, wait a minute, you are treating others differently than the way you're acting. You're holding them to a different standard and you're not even holding the standard yourself. And Jesus publicly said these words, they honor me with their mouths but their hearts are far from me. So this is the challenge, the challenge that we have to ask ourselves. Do you and I, do we honor God solely with our mouth? Are we only telling people that we honor God or does our life reflect that? Is God honored in our heart? Is God honored in all that we are? Is every part of who we are devoted to honoring God? Remember our working definition, honor is to, is to value, to highly esteem, to see what you honor is precious and weighty and of value. And in Colossians, Paul is writing this really small church. And, and the theme of this is he's really celebrating um, how happy he is, how excited he is in the way in which they're growing and loving and honoring God. And, and in this one small portion that we're going to look at, Paul says that, 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 that it's about taking off of self and putting Jesus on. And he writes here in 317, whatever you do, whatever, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So Paul says, whatever you do, 
How you fight on Facebook, does it honor God? How you talk to one another, does it honor God? How you do your work at work, does it honor God? How you do your, your retirement and your, the things that you do in public versus private, does it honor God? Paul says all of these things. Does everything that I do, does everything that you do, does it bring honor to God? That's the first part. Here's the second one. Paul says in addition to honoring God, we need to honor the word of God. We need to honor the word of God. How do we know who God is? God, God doesn't want us to be uh, purveyors of a religion. He doesn't want us to be like so snappy smart that we can recite scriptures off the top of our head and quote things like that. That's not the goal. The goal is not religion. The goal is relationship. <clears throat> and in that relationship, is how we understand the story of God. And the only way we can understand the story of God, the only way we can begin that relationship is to actually look at what God has to say. And if you were to take a Bible and, and any, any challenge that you have in life, let me tell you, the scripture has a way to help you to deal with that. But you have to open it. You have to read it. You have to, you have to like, you know, uh, wrestle with it. But what we find out by honoring the word of God is we, we understand the whole point of why we were created. We understand the whole um, understanding of, of, of why we are who we are. And that is that, that God loves us and God created us and God wanted everything to be perfect. And, and, but yet we screwed up. He gave us something called free will, which was truly a gift. But we chose to use it the wrong way. And when we used it the wrong way, we decided we'd choose something over God. And, and that's what brought sin into the world. And because sin is in the world, it corrupts us. And we can, never, we can never be what God wants us to be on our own. And in God's word, it talks to us about how, how God f was, was wrestling with that and saw it, but loved us so much and said that the way that I can remedy that is I can come into the world in flesh and blood as Jesus. And I can go and I can die on the cross and because I'm a man, I can die for your man's sins. And that's what he did. And he rose from the dead. So he paid our debt so that we don't have to die in sin anymore. But we only know that when we honor God's word, when we get in it and when we, when we understand it. Um, you know, Paul says to Timothy, his, his protege, he says, continue in what you have learned and you've been convinced of. That's the foundation of faith through the scriptures. We learn about our foundation of faith through the scriptures. And Paul says, because you know those from who you have learned it. He goes on by saying that the scriptures make you wise for salvation through Jesus Christ. The only way we're gonna know the story of God's love for us is to honor the word of God. Here's the last one. This is the one that, that, that many of us are gonna have trouble with. I'm just gonna put it out there. It's the one we're gonna struggle with the most, and that is to honor those in authority over you. Honor those in authority over you. Now, this is the hard one. It's, it's difficult. Remember what I said earlier. Respect is earned. Honor is given. So you can, you can honor somebody without respecting them, but you can never respect somebody unless you can give them honor. Is that making sense? So, so what we see here is this dynamic that uh, if we go back to Romans 13, Paul says everyone must submit himself or herself to the governing authorities for which there is no authority except that which God has established. He goes on to say those who rebel against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Now I read that and I'm going like, Paul, dude, you've had too much THC. 
I mean, that's marijuana, folks. And, uh, um, and the only reason I know this, Pastor Pam taught me that. But, but anyway, <laughs> so, so we, what we see here is, is that you look at this thing and you go like, how in the world am I supposed to do this? I'm supposed to honor people that are over me? But what about my boss? I, boy, I, my boss is a real cuckoo. I mean, I don't know how he or she got to that level. I'm supposed to honor them. And the politician that holds uh, whatever office I'm thinking about, what, you know, whether it's a local level or national level, boy, I just don't like them. I'm supposed to honor them? What, I mean, Paul, what is this all about? Paul is saying we may not honor the person, but we always have to honor the position. We have to honor the position of authority. And that position of authority is there for a reason. And, and it's struggle. I mean, we may not like our manager at the job, the politician who holds the office, the, the teacher in the classroom. You may not like your pastor or whomever is an overseer over you. But, but, but you know, we've got to get to the point where, where we honor the position. Because there's a reason why there's authority. There's a reason why we have levels of authority in our world. We can disagree with the persons, but the position is what brings the meaning. So let me, let me, just, let me just end you with this. Who are you to honor? Honor your parents. Honor your parents. If your parents are still alive, honor them. You may feel disenfranchised from them. You may feel like that they abandoned you or whatever, but, but you can still esteem the role of parent that they brought you into this world. Honor your children. Uh, yeah, they give you gray hairs. They make some people bald. Um, but, but you honor your kids. Why? Because they're children of God. Honor them. Um, honor your boss. Now, you may think that you have better solutions. You may think you're smarter than your boss. You may not understand why they got the promotion and you didn't, but you need to honor them because they are the overseer. Honor your government. You may not like the person holding the office, but honor the office that is represented. Honor the law. Esteem the law and the values of the land. There are laws that you may not agree with, like some traffic laws, but they're there for a reason. Honor your laws. Honor your spiritual authorities in your life. You know, don't, don't trash pastors. Don't trash people that work in the church or serve the church. You all don't do that, but some churches, they do do that. You know, Hebrews 13, 17 says that we need to honor our leaders with authority because they have really jobs that are really tough and difficult, and, and why would we want to bring more problem and harm to them? by doing that and honor your spouse honor your spouse that's the person that you're committed to honor them don't take them for granted there's a gap in living folks and it's the gap that that we see in our society and this just isn't the only virtue I think that there's a gap with there's a lot of them and we're going to talk about them over the next couple of weeks but my hope is that we can become virtuous people again